Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Step right in, come one, come all. I'm Shopkeeper Dan, and with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing all right. Stock market ended with a flurry on Friday, which was just talking about that before we started here. It was yeah. strange. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that. Yep. Flat for the entire week, and then 30 minutes of furious upticks. Yeah, everybody just uh, decided to buy, buy, buy. It's a fire sale on Wall Street. I guess finally it kicked in. Everything's on sale. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it just hit this magic point where everybody's buy orders triggered. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Everyone had a bunch of trailing stop buys. Yeah, right? <laughs> so come on to the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We want to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here in the China shop trying to smash our way into a complete set of fine china. We like to share our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize those gains and cut those losses. And if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out the Knowledge Center on FinancialNeptitude.com, where you can give our beginner trading episode a listen. Uh, we'll have that link in the episode description for you. Uh, but we, we love to hang out, and you might find it more useful to, to head on over to our Discord server. You could ask us any direct questions. We're always, always on there and chatting around, uh, Kyle and I every day it's really just an awesome place to be every day every day <laughs> and and when you do join the server send us a private message or email with your mailing address and we'll send you a smash it yourself mug straight from the shop those uh those are getting more popular kyle <laughs> yeah, no, yeah yeah starting to run low i have to place another order also looking at t-shirts or other things that people might like so if there's uh anybody's got any suggestions i mean i was kind of wanting to keep with the china shop theme but it's kind of hard to, to build brand awareness with a plate or <laughs> 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 tea kettle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, a little short-sighted there in the marketing department. Uh, yeah, well. Uh, you know, I'm still waiting for my China shop mug, by the way. Actually, I need to send you a case of them so that way you can uh, hand them out like we talked about. Did I not send you my address in a private message in the Discord server? Like, what? <laughs> No, actually, you did not. Oh, well, that's, that's, there you go. That's why I don't have a mug. <laughs> oh, folks, we're really glad you're here joining us today. We, we have a lot of fun, and it's always better with friends. So, so great that you're here. Uh, we'll, we'd like to start the show off with a little bit of show news. Kyle, we got some exciting things happening here in the shop. Yeah, uh, next week, we should have our episode with Nicholas Proughton. Is mm -hmm. that, am I saying that right? Yep. Nicholas okay. Broughton, the cryptocurrency expert. He is a load ambassador, and that is not what you think. He's not a porn star. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I am the ambassador of the loads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had a good conversation with him about uh, a different direction of uh, some cryptocurrency. Uh, at least the project he's working on is looking to take. Yeah. So, yeah, give that a listen. Should be available on Wednesday. And then... Starting at the end of this month, so the the bonus episode released after that will be a month-end review. Uh, Dan and I have been talking about ways to kind of catch up any new listeners, because as the show has been continuing, like our level of knowledge has been growing. Uh, if you look back at, you know, six months ago where we were, it was a completely different show. <laughs> yeah. So we'd like to maybe try to do that to see if we can't uh, just offer some recaps, maybe refreshers on some lessons that we've learned in the past. Uh, um, any number of things like that, but just a, a chance to kind of go back through and, and you know, re-emphasize some of those key points. Oh, folks, we've got a bulbous, chattering, dangerous show for you today. Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than a hungry tiger loose inside a daycare. Oh my God, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a whole new list. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awful. <laughs> 
They're, they're, they're all pretty bad. It's been one year since the Tiger King came out. I assume you're doing it for that. <laughs> oh, no, I, I just was thinking about how terrible it would be for a tiger to get loose at a daycare. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> you got a fucked up mind. <laughs> oh, right. well, <clears throat> well, well. You've got a fucked up mind. <laughs> Folks, reach out to us. We just adore your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, TikTok, uh, Discord. Uh, if you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com or even a phone call to 725-22-BULLS. I guess phone calls are, really are the oldest school. Uh, but yeah, give us a call. Uh, maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Maybe you want to admonish me for thinking it's funny that a tiger might want to eat children at a daycare. It doesn't matter. We love it when you reach out. <laughs> okay. We, uh, we did get a message, too, from our, uh, our good friend in Texas, Mark. Uh, Mark had a couple of good topics that he wanted us to bring up. So one of them was uh, the use of trailing stops. So I think we're going to cover that uh, in more detail probably with that month-end review show that we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other topic that stuck out to me that he asked was whether you and I consider ourselves investors or traders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious where you define yourself, Dan. I know where I define myself, but I'll let you answer that first. I'm a trader, for sure. Yeah. No doubt. No, no doubt. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the fact that when I discovered the wheel strategy... Uh, I sold out of my long-term positions to start playing it should reveal to you oh, the fact that uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, I am more into how to play and playing than I am just building wealth. Uh, I am on the opposite side of that spectrum. Then, uh, at yeah. heart, I am definitely an investor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's partly why it's so hard for me to sell anything because I've been in the accumulation mindset since so I basically got into this game, whether it's losing, losing positions or winning positions. Like in my mind, it doesn't matter because I'm not looking to harvest any of that until, you know, 20 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like what we're doing here. I like learning. I like playing. It definitely satisfies my gambling itch. But I mean, we're talking about maybe 5% of my total retirement assets that I have dedicated to this, this experiment. Right, right. But on the other hand, you know, if I do end up, if we find, you know, real long-term sustainable success, then I have no problem <laughs> shifting gears, but, uh, you know, <laughs> got a lot of history to try to overcome to get past that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we uh, move on to the bet results, uh, what were the results of our Twitter poll, Kyle? All right. Uh, we asked, uh, the people which direction bond yields were going to end the week. Uh, we had 100% saying the yields were going up, and I think 100% were wrong. <laughs> uh, didn't have a very good turnout on this one, though, so take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, we may end up trying to just to shift when we post that Twitter poll. I don't think that Saturday night is the best time to be posting a poll about the market. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, we may end up uh, shifting that to Monday. Monday morning's probably best. Yeah, kind of screws up some of the logistics of trying to get it in the you know the episode description and and everything else. So you may have to check back on Monday for those links. Okay, sounds sounds good. <laughs> All right, let's get to the bet. All right, let's move on to the bet results. And as always, as is tradition, Kyle, I believe you go first. No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, well, I picked uh, JBL Jabil. They uh, they were listed as a, as an IT company. They, they were hitting new highs all the week before, so I was like, well, let's see if their momentum will carry them. They opened the week at 51.15, and they sank, sank, sank. But that weird Friday event where 30 minutes yeah. before close, everything shot up like a rocket, uh, actually made it so JBL closed at 51.72. No one was more disappointed than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I ended up with a half a percent gain, which brought my uh, dollar total from 485.90 up to 491.31. So I'm only down 2% for the month. I was watching that all week, too, and I'm like, ah, I got a shot because, you know, Philip, our MO, my bet pick, uh, was just kind of steadily climbing all week. Yours was steadily sinking. I was like, oh, man, I might be able to flip this thing. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. that last 30 minutes, fucking ridiculous. <laughs> all right. 
I picked ammo. Uh, opened the week at fifty dollars and forty-five cents. Closed at fifty-two fifty. So that brings my pet total from four hundred and forty-four dollars and seven cents up to four hundred and sixty-two dollars and eleven cents. So still lagging, but at least going in the right direction. We've been shrinking that gap two weeks in a row now. Only one week left, though. How did uh, how did our random do? Our random did terribly. <laughs> uh, nobody was happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, C-O-H-U was our random. Opened the week at $44.75. Closed at $40.83. However, it peaked at $45.01 before dropping below its 15% stop loss at $38.26. Oof. So that takes the random down from $468.76 all the way down to $400.78. Damn. So the random is firmly... Firmly in last place. It is the James May of the two bowls in a China shop this week. (laughs) Take that, random. Take that, James May. Yeah, fuck you, random. (laughs) Captain Slow. Fantastic. Okay, so we've got our last round of betting for this month. We'll find out the winner next week, but stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll have our last bet picks for March. And remember, folks, Make your bet picks, too. Get them up on the the Discord, email them, leave them as a phone call. Uh, Get your bet picks in by the end of the week for for the following week. Uh, You can play along with us. Uh, We got a new month starting, so if you get them in. If you get them in before Monday open, then you can play along. Yeah, if if you're listening after Monday open, then you can submit for the week following. Yeah, just submit submit your bet pick bet pick for for next week. It's okay. You can get them in early. Uh, it's 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 really fun when you all play along with us. You know what? That brings us to Kyle. Let's, brings us to the news. Let's get some news. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The shop is bursting with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. I'll I'll go ahead and, and lead us off. Uh big story I saw this week. Well, I should probably lead off with the Powell Yellen thing, huh? Yeah, let's lead off with that, as we talked about it a lot last week. We did. Okay, so Powell and Yellen finally went and talked again, finally again. Ah. So Pal and Yellen went and talked to uh, Capitol Hill this past week, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we definitely saw some uh, market downward movement centered around what they were saying. It was going down the whole time they were talking, it seemed like. I was like, man, damn, what are they telling everybody? <laughs> it was a, a regular AMD investor presentation it's kind of what it felt like god damn nerdy white guy up there starts talking and the stock just starts tanking so what what did they actually say so powell was assuring lawmakers that inflation will rise but it won't get out of control and he further said that bond yields increasing is a sign of investor confidence what yeah i wonder why everything went down i wonder why everything went down um, as, as we know here in the shop last week, uh, I did a little bit of a dive on bond yields and bond prices and, and what, what they reflect in the market. And we learned that they raise the yield of the bond to attract buyers. So if they're yeah. having to attract buyers by raising these yields, does that mean there's confidence in investors? Unless it's like there's not enough of them to go around. People want them too much. Because I think supply and demand could maybe affect it too. But I don't think that's the case. Well, even so, even if it was supply and demand, if you're raising the yield on the investment, you're trying, you're not running out of supply. If you're running out of supply, you'll lower the yield to get people to stop buying them because you don't want to run out. Oh, yeah, it's backwards. Yeah, the yield's what they're paying. Yeah, never mind. Yield is what they're getting paid in a return for buying the bond. So if the right, yields okay. are going up, it means people aren't buying enough bonds and they want people to buy more bonds. So they'll say, oh, we'll give you a higher yield if you buy our bond. Yeah. So I feel like Jerome Powell's a little bit full of shit trying to, <laughs> <laughs> try, trying to make things rosier than they are. Uh, but, you know, he also is in a really 
bad spot because things he could he he could say something that as as we see anything he says the market scrutinizes and reacts to so what's he gonna say right we're fucked guys these bond yields are going up <laughs> and the market's going down sell sell yeah, sell just some honesty like, yeah, right? hey we're printing a lot of money uh, uh you know inflation's starting to starting to ramp up we're not worried yet but i mean it is going up that's all you gotta say be honest <laughs> be fucking honest i think people well, be fine with honesty wouldn't they i would hope so uh or Wait, at least appreciate that it be our twitter poll <laughs> <laughs> Don't you prefer honesty or rosy fucking outlooks? Uh, right. <laughs> that everyone knows is bullshit. <laughs> um, well, it seems the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen did dose us with a little bit of honesty. Uh, she strongly hinted on Tuesday and reiterated on Wednesday that there are higher corporate tax rates coming up this year. So... Another thing that was pushing markets down. Not out of left field. Right. We, we said that when Biden got elected yeah. in November, like, well, here comes some corporate tax hikes. Yeah, that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Shocked, I say. <laughs> Shocked. That Democrat's going to raise corporate taxes? Never. Never <laughs> in my life. All right. Never have I ever. <laughs> Never have I ever heard of such a thing, sir. Good day. <laughs> All right. I'm a little fired up. <laughs> let's move on from that yeah what what, what are you got what uh, else you got for us kyle all right the biggest well i guess not this is the biggest news but the the nicest news to come out on friday was the jobless claims coming in at a one-year low right so definitely a nice sign for the economy recovery uh maybe that was part of what was given some of that boost on friday but i'm pretty sure those numbers come out in the morning still don't know why that friday jump was but it's definitely good to see that those those claims are dropping uh moving on um at the uh, the Fed has set a date to lift the buyback and dividend restrictions on banks. Are these all the ones that took bailout money? Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's uh, the only reason why they can restrict that, right? I don't. I don't know. I I, I believe banks have different regulations than than other companies. I. Th- Thought those, I thought those were all part of taking, you know, federal money for whatever. I would have to look up, look that up. Uh, maybe a listener out there knows they could uh, reach out and let us know. Um, but I, I do know that uh, after after the announcement uh, that they're going to lift these restrictions from for, for financial companies, uh, J.P. Morgan was up, mm-hmm. City Citigroup was up, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, banks. Thursday and Friday were were just all up as a sector. Uh, as an industry so i think it's interesting that uh that the fed can like i i get buybacks they're saying you're a bank you need to keep some capital on hand but uh to me it's interesting that dividends like that they can shut off dividends so that's why i think it has to do with whether or not they received bailout money yeah i think is what that's all tied to and that's just to keep them from taking money and then using it to benefit shareholders because dividends and buybacks kind of do the same thing you're buying back you're reducing the the outstanding supply so you're going to increase the price because you're making the stock more scarce right and then with the dividend you're just redistributing it to all the shareholders uh directly as opposed to just you know trying to bring the price of the stock up through purchasing outstanding shares so i think that's more what it was about uh what was uh what was the new story that you were super excited to talk about kyle the big one that I want to talk about was the Suez Canal. The, the, <laughs> yes. This fucking huge ship that's just wedged in the canal right now, completely blocking all traffic. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I read it was as, it, it's as long as the Empire State Building is tall. Yeah, that's fucking massive. And then I, I was seeing uh, uh, people on Twitter commenting on it. They're like, it doesn't look that hard to me. Just grab a couple tugboats and pull it out. Like, I don't think people either don't realize what a tugboat does or they don't realize like what the ship's not just like touching two walls. It's actually a ground. The way a tugboat works, it's just it works on the print. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever gone kayaking or canoeing, but it's super easy to to move your canoe or your kayak around in the water. But, you know, beach it onto the ground and then try to drag it off and takes considerably more effort to, to actually dislodge something like that and then with the mass that we're talking about on this ship i mean they're in there right now trying to to dredge the 
bottom that the ship has run aground on, like out of there to try to free it. And if they can't get it freed, I mean, you're looking at weeks to try to get this thing uh, freed up because they'll have to start bringing in a 200-foot crane to start pulling containers off of it to try to lighten it up so hopefully it'll start floating again. This, this, this ship, is, it, it's got those railroad shipping containers and it looks like they've got 20 of them... Like connexes. ...wide and, and, and easily... 10 to 12 tall. Yep. Across the entire length. Yeah, across, across the length of the Empire State Building, like, the weight of this vessel <laughs> is just so enormous, because all of those are filled with stuff. I mean, we're talking, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have the number in front of me. How much, how much goods are on that ship? Like, how many millions, hundreds of millions of dollars? The blockage itself is holding up, not just on that ship, but all the ships on either side waiting. It was about like 400 of them. $9.6 billion of goods each day. Yep. Or $400 million an hour arrive. $400 million of goods an hour arrive at the Suez Canal to pass. Yep. And we're just, every, every hour, that number gets bigger. Uh, so at the time of this article, it was $9.6 billion. But uh, that article came out a while ago, <laughs> so uh, 18 hours they're, ago. They're hoping to know if they're going to get it freed up by this Saturday evening, I think. Uh, but yeah, if they don't get it by then, then they're probably going to have to start pulling containers, and then this is going to last a lot longer. And all these ships that are stacked up are going to have to basically turn around and go around Africa as opposed to cutting through and add a couple more weeks to their shipping times. So, yeah, this could have some some more far-reaching consequences than you initially think. If this article was 18 hours ago, which would, which would mean mm -hmm. that right now there are a total of uh, $17.8 billion of goods sitting at the Suez Canal. That's 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 huge. <laughs> Supply chains yeah. are going to be affected by this. Make no mistake. <laughs> uh, we've already seen that when the the pandemic hit, just how quickly the supply chains can be disrupted by just a few people buying a little bit extra mm -hmm. of everything. Exactly. They claimed that it was uh, uh, wind that that did this. It was. It was a wind and dust storm combination that caused them to, I don't know if it blew them off course or if they just couldn't see where they were going and then drifted into an area of low depth area. They hit sand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they basically hit sand. <laughs> shallow, shallow waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a kind of a big deal. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. All right. The other one I wanted to quickly bring up. Uh, we don't spend. We're starting to run a little longer, so I won't spend too much time on this. But China suddenly has decided to uh, to, to retaliate against clothing brands after some Western sanctions came through. There, I don't Xinjiang cotton. Um, that province has come under fire as being an area that's um, God damn. It's China. We can just say it, right? We don't have to say alleged. <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid right? of China. I think we can just say it. So basically, yeah, human rights violations going on in that province. Uh, uh, this H&M company, I think it's a Danish company. Okay, so yeah, well, this, I don't remember where the company's from. The H&M. They're Swedish. Over a half a year ago, they, they made a statement saying that they weren't going to use any of that cotton. And then China basically went and like pulled all their brands from any of the sites or mobile apps. Uh, other oh, Swedish brand. Two cele uh, Chinese celebrities severed deals with them. The state media outlets are calling out other brands now, including Nike, New Balance, and Burberry for not using their cotton. And here's the statement from their, their Commerce Ministry spokesperson. Pure and flawless Xinjiang cotton cannot allow any forces to smear or blacken it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Strong words. Uh, stop, using, stop using slave labor to, to process it and... Yes. Then you can say something. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a human rights activist, and I'm not super informed on uh, uh, what's going on in China. But I do know the basics, and the basics are that they've been going into villages, uh, Muslim villages, and rounding up all the people, sending them to re-education centers, and then giving them jobs yep. in the cotton fields. Sounds yep. pretty sketchy to me. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Look, we we gave we gave them education and jobs. They should be happy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna comment anymore on that. <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, uh, you've got here in America, 
an American company called Amazon, who oh my God. <laughs> has lately been trolling U.S. Congress members on tr- Twitter in, in what uh, TheVerge.com calls a perplexing new PR strategy. What exactly are they trying to accomplish or what are they upset about? Well, there's there's a big push to unionize in in Amazon. Yeah, okay. Their their yeah. their working conditions as we've been informed by many many workers are pretty intense. Uh they've got yeah. just a zillion packages to move. There's there's a lot of work to do. Like I understand why they're so intense and why Amazon is is trying to push them so hard as to to keep it all going. We we've we've just been having like lots of stories where Amazon workers will talk about how they have to pee in a bottle. They can't. They don't actually have the time to go on a bathroom break. They shit in bags. Even are you saying it's actually worse than what South Park made it look like? I didn't see that South Park, but probably. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right. So like, uh, uh, and then on top of that, you know, apparently Amazon's only paid. Uh, a few billion dollars uh, in corporate taxes over the past few years. Um, so, like, you've got, oh. <laughs> you've, you've got Elizabeth Warren going out after him, saying you know, they're exploiting tax loopholes, and uh, uh, Amazon tweeted back at her, you make the tax laws, Senator Warren. We just follow them. If you don't like the laws you've created, by all means, change them. What is the purpose? <laughs> what? <laughs> that is very perplexing. They are daring Elizabeth Warren <laughs> To go ahead, change the laws. <laughs> okay. What is your strategy? We've talked a lot about Jeff Bezos being a, a burgeoning supervillain. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, this is definitely a step in that direction. <laughs> Ber- Bernie Sanders had uh, posted, uh, I look forward to meeting with Amazon workers in Alabama on Friday. All I want to know is is why the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, is spending millions trying to prevent workers from organizing a union so they can negotiate for better wages, benefits, and working conditions. And uh, Amazon tweeted, you don't really believe the peeing in bottles thing, do you? If that were true, nobody would work for us. The truth is we have over a million incredible employees around the world who are proud of what they do and have great wages in healthcare. Uh, to which um, I believe <coughs> a, a cop... <laughs> Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez tweeted uh, a copy of a, an email that went out from Amazon Logistics with uh, some on-road area manager, <laughs> Jen Snyder, saying, This evening, an associate discovered human feces in an Amazon bag that was returned to station by a driver. This is the third occasion in the last two months when bags have been returned to the station <laughs> with poop inside. We understand that DAs oh may have emergencies while driving on road, and especially during COVID. If you struggle, they've struggled to find bathrooms while delivering. Regardless, DAs cannot, must not return bags to station with poop inside. <laughs> oh, so, Jesus. so it seems, it seems really, really strange. But Amazon, that's their new PR policy is to just attack, attack, attack. Uh, we'll, we'll see where it gets them. We'll see where it gets them. Yeah. Well, I'll be following that one. I'll have to go at, have to go follow their Twitter. <laughs> right? Uh, makes me want to follow their Twitter. Um, so I, I and, and we bring that up right after a China story, just to, to show you how bold American companies are able to be in, in, in our, in our system of freedom. And they still won't touch Xinjiang, uh, cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but in China, it's, it's, it's a different game over there for sure. All right. I got one last thing I wanted to quickly touch on. Uh, and that was just uh, New York passing their recreational marijuana. Uh, another step on the, the path to becoming rich by marijuana, as uh, both you and I are, are attempting to do. Yes! Uh, I don't know if you're still carrying your MJ uh, ETF anymore, but uh, seeing New York uh, uh, take the steps to do that uh, should definitely be in a step in that direction. Some pot stocks did well for a day after that news. Mm. That wasn't mine. I don't currently <laughs> have uh, MJ specifically, but I do have a few uh, pot stocks in my holdings. I think MJ is starting to look pretty attractive again. Yes. Yes, it is. In fact, I'll cover that when we get to options, but uh, that was part of a foobar on my end. But that's all I got for news. Uh, What about you? Oh, I'm I'm all set to move on and talk about some stocks. Here we come, trading on the street. Get the craziest gains from when we're into deep. 
we're just two bulls smashing through a china shop. We're so glad you joined us, and now it's time to talk about stocks. I didn't. I didn't move into any new positions or out of any positions. I still have my IDEX mm-hmm. shares. I got uh, my OGI shares. I got Sundial, um, and then I've got 100 shares of Westwater. Uh, trying to trying to do a, a covered call. See see how just, right. just dipping my toes in the water of instead of like oh I want to sell a put to get 100 shares. I was like actually right now I think I think if I s- sell a covered call I get in at a cheaper price and. All of my shares went down. If you recall, a week before last, Sundial had that earnings and they peaked at $1.70 a share after hours. Yeah, yep, I do remember that. They ended this week at $1.13. Oh, it's buy point. Get it now. Well, that's that's the sick thing is is my first thought was like, well, I should pick up more shares. But I've already got too big a position in Sundial in terms of like I'm trying, Uh, trying to keep my portfolio spread and diversified. And I've got, yep. I've got two pot stocks, Sundial and OGI, and, and it's just like, okay, what am I doing? Yeah, neither of those seem to be doing too well for you either. Why couldn't you bet on those? <laughs> 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 right? When I look at it, uh, when I do my uh, calculations on, on, based on selling options and how that, if mm-hmm. I apply that to the, the share price, my Sundial shares... Half of them cost me a dollar twenty-one. The other half have cost me a dollar seventeen. So I am actually at nice. that point where it's I'm a, I'm at a total loss, even with my my the the money I added from what I got from the covered calls. Right, I'm kind of in that same scenario with FSL. I just had a bunch of puts expire this weekend. Got uh, put to me. So I, I now own blocks of shares purchased at sixteen dollars a share and seventeen fifty a share. But because the premium is actually only fourteen fifty, mm-hmm. plus the covered call I sold, so I think I have a position larger than I probably want to have, but roughly at about just a hair over fourteen dollars a share. But that's okay because I mean that's kind of the whole point of the strategy is you want to get those shares, so now I can start selling calls on them. So I'll be looking for me. I'll be looking next week to see you know what kind of prices I can start getting, looking to see how far out. I need to go in order to sell those in order to really turn a good profit on them. We'll have to circle back around that when we get to options. That's, a, that's, that's one of the big things that I'm noticing. The, long, the longer we go, the more there's, it's yeah. the same. It's the same discussion. <laughs> if I'm talking about stocks, I'm talking right. about options. If I'm talking about options, I'm also talking about stock. I was figuring like if I was, if I was making a trade in options to, to try to add a position in a stock, that I was going to cover it in stock. So like selling puts, I think are now going to start going in this section for me. That makes sense. Because that's a trade I'm making to try to buy them. That makes sense. So, so yeah, uh, all my, all my stocks, it, the share value ended the week lower than it started. And, and that big number at the big top of my portfolio, when I opened the Ameritrade app is not rising as fast. Oh, well at all <laughs> it's yeah. sinking and I want it to be rising. Damn it. Oh man. My portfolio all last week, I was watching the S&P and NASDAQ and everything kind of put up like slight gains or like just trading like pretty flat, but yet still losing like 5% in my portfolio a day. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What is happening? I picked way wrong this week. <laughs> the, uh, I'll wrap up uh, my, my portion of the stocks I, I wanted to go over. I haven't, I've, I've been keeping my list all week of 52 week, new 52 week highs. And uh, we yeah. got we got to the end of the week with the longest longest streak right now is Anthem Incorporated ANTM. They're a healthcare company that uh, three days in a row they ended Friday three days in a row with uh, new fifty two week highs. Where did uh, you also had Nucor? That was the one that we ended up using for our Friday pick on this week. Yes, How did they do. Nucor ended the week two days in a row. Uh, uh, they, 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 they had an incredible week for sure. N U E Nucor corporation. And did you used to work for them? I did. And I actually was buying shares while I was working for them. Cause they had a really nice employee purchase program. I had those shares since like 2008 and they never really did anything until just recently. It was like this week. I think you told me it was, you told me the pick that you wanted to put in for the pick em, And I went and looked up their chart. I was like, Oh shit. 
They actually are moving. <laughs> I haven't seen that price since I was first buying them. <laughs> you still have those shares? I have some of them. Uh, I think I sold out a large block of them when I was changing jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went back and purchased some more again in my TD Ameritrade account. So I have a position. I just don't have the same one that I started with back then. One of the reasons that one made it on the pick'em list for me uh, when when it was time to, to to pick one, it it looks like that they're really approaching an all-time high. They passed their highest point since 2008. They're doing it with authority, too. Oh, yeah, like really, really strong. And that's that's uh, that's yeah. the exact thing that Darvis like. I, I try to simplify it to fifty two weeks, but his thing was like all time high. That's when I want to buy right. a stock when they just hit that this exact situation with momentum with force. They break through that all time high. Like we'll see Monday or Tuesday what they do. Right with all the the infrastructure news though. I mean, with the, the Biden put together a big a huge plan for that. I mean, you got to think it's going to keep going. Yeah. That's who's going to make all that structural steel for all that stuff. Right. They're going to, it's, it's industry, boom, industrials. So Tuesday and Wednesday, my lists shrank. There were only nine companies that hit new 52-week highs on Wednesday. Wow. I was, I was really watching for, for that to keep shrinking to see like, like well, I think we're, we're getting in bear territory. Winter's coming. But uh, Thursday, uh, the numbers pop back up. And by the time we ended Friday, mm-hmm. there, there were there was ninety, yeah, ni- ninety companies on the list. So okay, no bear territory nice. for us. <laughs> uh, so so that's gonna we're gonna wrap up all the stuff I had to talk about stocks. All right, uh, I'm kind of the same as you. Uh, the more we get into this, the more I try to look for. I try to pick my spots a little bit better. I didn't purchase any shares. I, I mentioned the F cells shares that I now have because of <laughs> the options I was selling. So, so far, uh, down about a dollar and change a share right now. So, uh, not off to a great start, but this is the second part of the wheel. So, we get to see what happens now when I get to start selling those cover calls on it. Right. One stock that I was trying to get a position in was PLTR. Uh, I Mm -hmm. picked them as a bet pick not too long ago. It did terribly for me. Yes. But uh, (laughs) I keep seeing uh, Kathy Woods, ARK Invest, just keeps buying millions of shares and keeps buying and buying and buying. Uh, she's still believing in this company wholeheartedly. That's the next one that I'm looking to get a hold of. So I'm starting to try to sell some puts on PLTR. I sold one batch on, I think it was either, oh God, what was it? Thursday or Friday? Probably Friday, uh, April 16th, 2250 put. I sold for $1.65, which mm. nice uh, premium on that Yeah, for something that's got to be bottomed out, you know, or close to bottoming out, expires in a couple weeks. Uh, I may end up trying to sell a few more of those or another batch of them. Just see uh, if I can. I got the fucking margin balance again, so now I got to figure out how to unwind some of that again. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting F cell to really actually, you know, have them. I guess that's part of what you have to really plan for when you try to sell some of these contracts. Is you gotta you gotta actually plan for having them. The other thing I tried to do was I tried to sell a put on MJ at twenty two fifty also, and I did the same fucking mistake I did last week where I bought instead of sold. <laughs> oh. oh, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, uh, so I, I unwound from that. I lost six cents a contract this time. I resisted the urge to try to hold it and try to get, you know, at least my money back out of it. I just, as soon as I saw the mistake, I was like, nope, get out of this. Did it again You made the wrong call You're watching it fall Oh, not again You thought that you were so great And you couldn't wait You're not that good at this (laughs) Oh, God damn it (laughs) Alright, the last thing I wanted to talk about in stocks Was about GameStop Oh yeah. I still have, you know, seventy five percent of the initial shares that I had. I was tossing around whether or not to sell off another twenty five percent block. After seeing this article come out, I think I'm still on board with the direction they're moving. Uh and it was strange too. I posted this in our Discord, but it was the Motley Fool. Uh the headline was most of GameStop's board members are bailing on the company. Now to me that's a very strange way to word that because <laughs> <laughs> we all know that Ryan Cohen's plan has been to transform this company into a you know the digital age. The same thing he did with Chewy. Uh, this looks more to me like cleaning house. 
<laughs> right, right, right. But the part I the part I can't wrap my head around is that you got this company that all these people in the the media have been beating up on, just calling like a bankrupt, defunct company, and now, like, we're gonna give weight to their their board members of this company that you thought was an eight dollar a share stock. Are, are jumping ship <laughs> the same people that have been steering that ship for the last yeah. fucking you know who long however long oh that ship that's headed for the iceberg the captain got off we're all doomed now yeah we weren't doomed before yeah but we're getting a new captain who actually went to school for this and, and he knows how to steer <laughs> <laughs> right he specializes in sharp turns away from the iceberg why is this being spun as bad news that is beyond me i can't figure that out so yeah i think i'm gonna hold on to those stairs a little bit longer uh, we had a big old discussion on that in the discord so if we did if you want to uh, I, don't, I don't think we have time to recap that whole thing but uh if people want to want to see that uh it's it's still yeah. in there we don't delete anything yeah that, that wraps up what i have for stocks okay so so do you want to move on to give it us some earnings do we have earnings or the yeah, earnings season done we do next week is going to be uh, almost none but there are some good ones this week yeah let's cue that music and get some earnings going Model's always been when I'm right, it's right So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way Skyrockets in sight Earnings call to light Earnings call to light uh, Tuesday, we've got Chewy, McCormick's, and Omex. I threw Omex on there because that was one of the ones that you flagged back when we first started doing this podcast. I think that was an oil exploration company that was trying to decide whether or not they had the rights to something in South oh, America. Oh, they were fighting uh, Mexico over the, the rights. Mexico? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, their earnings are coming out on Tuesday, so I've just been kind of following them since um, we've been talking about them back then. Uh, on the 24th, we've got MU, I think that's Micron, that's one yeah. of your semiconductors that you'd uh, called out when the industry was hot, hot, hot. Uh, we've also got, on the 24th, Guest Jeans and IDEX, another stock that you've been playing around with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guess I tossed in there because Nordstrom had been doing so well. I, I think we tried following Guess to see if they had kind of similar outcomes that Nordstrom did, and I don't remember how that actually worked out three months ago, but... Uh, worth keeping an eye on. Uh, then on the 25th, we've got Carmax, Carmax, C or K M X, and then P L A Y. And fuck if I can remember what play was, but Dave and Buster's. What is it? Oh, Dave and Buster's. Yeah, yeah. Dave and Buster's is trading at you know 52 week highs right now, and I can't figure out why. Oh, because people but, are gonna start going back to their place. But that gets into a high. Oh, I guess it's March now. Never Holy mind. shit. They went from uh, uh, Wednesday at under 44 to Friday. They, they hit almost hit 52. Wow, that's a rocket ship. <laughs> Whoa. So pre-pandemic, uh, they reached a high in October of 2018 at $63 a share. Uh, right before the drop, they were trading at around 47 48 and they're over that now? That doesn't make any sense to me. They're better positioned now than they were before everything shut down. That is weird. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching that one. I want to see if that one pulls back after those earnings come out. I think that's a good one to straddle. Oh, and they've got weekly options. Mm. Well, they, their earnings are on Thursday, so if you want to make that play, Dan, let us know how it goes. I can't. It's too expensive. But uh, I uh, think. Yeah. I think. I think there's a, there's some there's some money to be had. But anyway, that, let's save that for options. Blah, 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 blah. What else for earning? That's it. All right. <laughs> yeah, they are getting slimmer and slimmer. But uh, but that's that's how well, it goes. There's going to be none next week. So I guess we we got some use out of that song. We'll have to put it away for a little bit now. Right. This is this is the last bit. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on. Folks, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about how Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got so much experience. She's been doing this over 20 years. She's just helped so many people purchase homes. She's helped them refinance homes. She's even done in reverse mortgages for folks. 
uh, she will help if you reach out to her. She's licensed in 25 states and growing, so there's a good chance uh, she's licensed in your state. You can reach out to her and see what Sue can do for you. Hit her up on the phone. You can give her a call at 520-977-7904. You can shoot her an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. And once again, that email is spullen at fairwaymc.com, S-P-U-L-L-E-N. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Reach out to Sue for all your mortgage needs. All right, Dan, ready for some options? Ooh, yeah, let's cue that music. A little less conversation, a little more options, please. All this volatility just ain't bothering me. A little more puts, a little less small, a little less oops, a little more calls. Cause they're crazy up and up your ears, baby, it's time for options. It's time for options, baby. Go, go ahead, Dan. Why don't you lead us off? Okay, well, I I still have a litany of, of calls and puts out there, but I just wanted to go over the, the new positions I opened up this week. They, uh, as, as you'll be shocked to hear from what I just said about looking at the David Buster's uh, PLAY, <laughs> uh, they were all straddles and strangles. Now, uh, my, my strategy for these is I try to look at ones with a lower implied volatility because I'm buying them. Right. I'm buying naked calls and puts. So I want, I want a low premium. Uh, I look for ones that have weekly options because I, I want to get it in that last week when I'm paying for the least amount of time. Uh, that's, that's just w- w- what I found uh, uh, my personal preference for. I've had mixed results. So I've had some hit big and, I, and I've lost quite a bit of money on the others because, you know, I'm, I, it is naked options. Options in yep. the buff, if you will. Uh, so <laughs> I, I opened a straddle on Pfizer PFE. Uh, at a thirty-five and a half dollar mm-hmm. strike, so I bought uh, thirty-five fifty calls and I bought thirty-five fifty puts. Uh, the the stock was right around thirty-five fifty when I bought it. If it's just, if I'm buying a straight straddle, it's because the price is within ten cents of that strike above or below. Uh, that's right. that, the, that's that's where I found straddles to be most useful is when you can enter the position with the price being right at that strike as close to the strike as possible yes yes now i posted a thing on the discord like pfizer had some bad news they had one of their drugs deemed like not not for market um so i was like sweet they're gonna tank good time to have a straddle but uh i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about because they immediately went up that that call is has gone up 68 percent it it it's closing in on my target if it if it raises in value another 20 percent, i can sell the call and make 25 percent profit on the trade and still have the put to see what the put does right. okay because uh on these straddles and strangles one of the reasons they're so attractive to me is is one you're you're just betting on that there's a movement you're not you're not betting it's going to go up you're not betting it's going to go down. You're betting it's going to go either up for a couple of days or down for a couple of days. So it, it went up. If if it hits that point, I could sell the call, made money on the whole trade, and then it did, turns around. You know, I've still got three days left and it turns around. That put might increase in value and, and, and I increase the gains and can really make more money on the mm-hmm. straddle. Um, I opened up another uh, straddle on AT&T, the stock ticker being the letter T. I have shares. Right? The, I, I got a $30 strike. Uh, and, and that one, it was so close to, to, to hitting, uh, I, I got 10 cents shy on, on the call, uh, cause it was up Friday. I could have told you that one doesn't really move it a lot. I've had that stock for almost a decade now oh. and it's still trading at about the same point where it was at. Uh, that's why people like that stock because it doesn't really move, but it's got almost a seven percent dividend right now. Um, so okay. If you're, if you're trading AT and T, you're buying it for the dividend and to protect your capital. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, <laughs> then uh, let's let's just hope for a few more cents <laughs> higher <Yeah. laughs> on Monday. Uh, and then and then I, I got another GE. I've had I went back to the GE well, uh, a thirteen dollars mm-hmm. strike. I managed to get them while the price was at twelve nine. Uh, was it was at like thirteen dollars five cents, and uh, it 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 actually ended on Friday at twelve ninety nine. So that one has not made me anything. <laughs> that is lost. <laughs> 
that's lost. And I also, and, and I did this on Friday right about an hour before, maybe a couple hours before. This was before the big upswing. Um, I, bought mm -hmm. a, I bought a strangle on the NASDAQ. Um, I used the SQQQ because the, the, yeah. pr the price per share. Triple leverage. Yeah, it's triple leverage, but also I used the SQQQ because it's down. Uh, the, the price was at $14 a share while the TQQQ was up in right. the 80s or 90s. So I could afford. And it's, but it's the same bet. Yeah. If, if it's a straddle or a strangle, it right, right. doesn't matter if it's a bear fund or a bull fund. You're making the same bet. Yep. So I bought, it was at 14 so I bought $15.5 calls and about $12.5 puts. So I bought it $1.50 either way uh, because they were just so cheap. And my thinking was, right. all I need is this NASDAQ to, to move solid in one direction for a few days. And I thought, it, I honestly, I thought it was going to be down. I thought it, I thought it would be going to mm -hmm. be down based on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, but no, no, it, it shot up big. So I'm, I'm anxious to see Monday and Tuesday that NASDAQ shoot up. And uh, we'll see if my SQQQ strangle is going to pay off. Uh Seems like lately the Monday, Tuesday have been bad days for the NASDAQ. <laughs> well, I just hope they're really bad. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. You got anything else for options, Dan? Nope. Nope. That'll uh, wrap up uh, all my exciting trades. All right. Well, I, I covered most of my stuff actually in the stocks portion, but I did have a couple other moves that I made. Uh, my OCGN shares uh, last week. Or last Friday, was it last? No, it was last Friday. Uh, the covered call I'd sold on that had already expired worthless, so I went and sold another 1250 call uh, expiring April 16th on them. I got a dollar on it this time. Mm. So my purchase price on those shares uh, went from 750 down to 650 now, which is good because the stock is trading at like seven. <laughs> so, uh, got two blocks of those at uh april 16th uh be looking to probably try to get out of that or maybe sell some cover calls closer to the strike price to try to get them to exercise mm -hmm. free up some capital uh the last other move that i didn't cover yet was remember that jumia straddle i sold yeah yeah that's not looking so great right now uh, <laughs> the stock has dropped all the way down to like 34 dollars uh, if you recall, the the ended up uh, the profitability uh, breakpoint on that was like thirty three sixty. Oh yeah. So it's like right there now. Um, but what I ended up doing was because it's so far away from that forty five dollar call, as I just went ahead and bought it out, just because that stock can move so fast. If it does end up going on like a two week tear, yeah, I closed out the call side of it, not the put side. Anyway, okay. Well, that was the last little bit I had for options. Uh, I do have some alerts, though, if we want to go through them real quick. Yeah, let's hear them options alerts. All right. Microsoft showed up again. Uh, $121,2022. $200 put at $10.20 a contract. $1.5 million. That was bullish sentiment, so I think that means somebody's selling those puts. Um, let's see. There was a SE416 $210 call. At $8.65 a contract, almost half a million, or over half a million. Uh, LVS, $521, strike price uh, call at $3.05. That was $1.9 million. And then Alibaba popped up again. This Ooh. one was two years out, which is uh, January 20th of 2023, a $210 put at $37.95 a contract. That was $800,000. And then one of the other interesting things, I didn't put down the actual numbers in here, but I was seeing multiple put alerts on NEO last week, all with bullish sentiment. So uh, that makes me think that people are, are selling puts on NEO, thinking that it's probably bottomed out at this point. But again, that's pure speculation. But yeah, NEO's been just beat up. Uh, I think they just recently had one of their plants shut down for five days because of the lack of semiconductors. Yeah, chip shortage. Yep. Okay, is it is it time to uh I think it's time. What 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 time is it? What are we doing? Well, I've got a problem in that uh the thing that I meant was going to mention for good, I forgot to mention back in stocks. So Oh, that's fine. You'll have to forgive me. The I didn't do a ton of trading this week other than buying those options and n none of them would I 
qualify as a good. Uh, but what I would qualify as a good, uh, uh, some of those SPAC warrants I bought into uh, the TMKRW. I had bought yeah. into them at like 80, 85, 85. I bought into them at 85. They dipped down into the 50 cent range. And my expectation of this stock was I want to hold it to at least this summer, maybe later. I want to, I want to try and hold a little piece of something long term while I'm playing this, all these options games. And, and yeah. why, why not try the SPAC warrants, right? So, so yeah. I looked at it, I looked at it, and I was like, it would have triggered a stop loss if I'd set one. And, uh, but I didn't, because, you know, I don't, I wanted to actually hold them. I don't want to sell out for, for any reason, damn it. So when it, it, it was in those 50s, I think it turned back around, and it w- was low 50s, it was, it was itching, itching back up to the high 50s. I bought more, I doubled down, I doubled my holdings and uh cost averaged it down to 68 cents no no i i I cost averaged it to 70 something i'd have to pull it up it's at 68 cents right now okay Uh, but so so it's already been a good move in terms of the the value i've gotten out of it because because i bought that second round lower than where it's at now but i also think long term uh that was the right move to make in that trader mentality of why do i have it what's my plan with this particular holdings uh and take that Mm -hmm. into account and instead of being like so scared that it's it's fallen and like oh oh my god I've um, it's lost you know thirty some percent already uh, it's like oh no no this is a good buying opportunity long term so I thought that was yeah really if good. you're long on a stock yeah you want to be accumulating anytime it's it's cheaper especially yeah. if you still believe in it mm-hmm. oh, what was your good my good was hard to find uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, my good is also tied to my ugly, if you can believe that. So making that same mistake again, but the last two times that I made this that mistake where I accidentally bought instead of selling a position, I closed them out without even hesitating on it. And old me probably would have tried to, to you know, at least try to get my money back, if not turn a little bit of a profit out of it. But, you know, like the rational part of me right now, the trader that I am now realizes like, hey, I made this bet this way for a reason. Why would I suddenly want to be on the other side of it and try to justify that to myself that it's okay? So yeah. the good for me is not the mistake I made, it's the way I exited it. Uh, no hesitating, just took my lumps and, and moved on. That, and that is, that is good because that's, that's progress and growth in you as a trader. Exactly. What was your bad? My bad was probably, wasn't what I did this week it was bad, it's what I did last week. I just saw that it was bad this week. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. And that was all the puts that I that I sold the week before. I didn't wait and watch for the movement to enter those positions at the at a, at a better mm-hmm. place than I could. I just I just jumped right in, and it was my impulsive trading. And 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 so was, like we were excited to try a new strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My my excitement in that overrode my my senses and my reason, and and, and just just jumped right on. So. Uh, if I, if on, on, on several of them, if I had waited, uh, I could have done a lot better. Um, mine is tied to my margin balance. Mm. After having to purchase a bunch of F cells again, and my margin balance is back. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like margins, a useful tool to help you when, you know, you don't have the, the liquidity to, to jump on a, a good buying opportunity. But for me, it affects me mentally. Uh, uh. I'm very anti-credit. I hate carrying a credit card balance. I hate carrying any kind of debt whatsoever, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So seeing that number kind of fucks with my head a little bit. So that's why I threw it in there as a bad. Not sure how I'm going to deal with that <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so I either got to eat a loss and just unwind it, or I got to carry on with my plan and just deal with the margin balance. So I don't know. I got to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I got to do the numbers. Maybe that's the bad. That's part of the bad too, right? So I got to actually, fi- I put myself in this situation without having a plan of how to deal with it. Mm, I see. Yeah. So just bad all around, actually. <laughs> all right. What was your ugly, Dan? I, I don't know. It just qualifies as, as ugly or not. It felt ugly to me watching all of the puts I sold just all lose value well they they technically gained value but since i sold them (laughs) not to you yeah (laughs) no i didn't gain value to me uh to the point where i even had my monthly addition to to my portfolio you know i I got a land sale where i get 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 a monthly check and i put it right Right. in my portfolio uh i deposited that this week and immediately saw it just disappear it was like (laughs) like i dropped the check (laughs) into a burning trash barrel 
is what it felt like. <laughs> Let's move on to the bet. There we go. Ooh, <laughs> a new bet. Get those tunes going. All right, so bucking tradition, I guess. I'm going to have to go first. I don't know how you can say that now. You went first last week. Mm, well, you know, I don't really remember a week ago, so it doesn't count to me. To me, That's not surprising. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I'm just trying to reestablish in your mind the fact that we all expect you to go first, no matter what happened last week. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> Okay, yeah, fine. Trying to establish a new tradition that I don't like. Uh, my bet pick this week, uh, believe it or not, I had just just uh, narrowed it down to two companies, Lowe's and Home Depot. They both hit two consecutive days of 52-week highs. They are in consumer discretionary, mm -hmm. which is definitely a sector that we're seeing uh, a lot of really, really on fire right now. And uh, to me, it, it, I saw both of them hitting new 52-week highs on the same days and, and I, all those other consumer discretionaries. And I thought, oh, well, this one of these will be a good solid one for my bet pick. Like, I don't think Lowe's and Home Depot are going to crash this week. I mean, they could drop, but they've got the, the yeah. they're sailing with the wind. <laughs> um, and I chose Lowe's over Home Depot just because I like to shop there more. Just as a consumer. Yeah, they give me my veteran discount, so I, I like them better, too. And I've actually owned their stock before. I, I picked them over Home Depot. Uh, God, yeah. that was probably a decade ago. Yeah, I just I just think that they have a better brand as me as a shopper. So if I had no, all, nope. all, no, all other things equal, yeah, I ended up picking Lowe's. L-O-W. Yeah, great job alienating our Home Depot listeners. Oh, shit. <laughs> they all hate us now. Yeah, we're, we're never going to get on Home Depot radio. All right. I am in firmly in the behind, <laughs> not in the lead. Uh, I think I need a, a big one. I need something good to happen this week. And I'm going to go off the board here, and I'm going to go with Tesla. Whoa. And I got a couple good reasons for this. Whoa. Uh, one, you just posted uh, in the Discord uh, a link to a story about uh, Elon Musk tweeting and then deleting his tweet, he basically tweeted that uh, the company's going to be bigger than anything or bigger than ever before or something like that uh, in the next couple months, and then immediately deleted it. Uh, <laughs> so kind of looks like something's up there, right? And if we remember that uh, he got in some trouble with the SEC for his tweets, so now they have a lawyer who reviews his tweets. So the fact that it got deleted, mm, yeah. Yeah, sounds like uh, something's coming up. And the lawyer said, you can't tweet that. That's, that's privileged information. Yeah, I think, uh, I think all that Elon Musk bigger than Apple talk would be a great Twitter poll, Kyle. What okay. do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so what, Twitter bigger than Apple? And is there a timeline on that or just ever? Will Tesla ever become bigger than Apple? All right. Yes ever. or yes or no? Yeah, yes, no. Or third option, twi uh, Tesla and Apple become one company. <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> twitter oh. twitter or apple buys the other one <laughs> right right <laughs> all right so we'll be shooting that twitter poll out monday morning wait can we for you folks can we get a name for that yep what, after they merge what are they gonna be oh yeah uh, I, th I think it should be asla 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 not, not teple <laughs> Oh, maybe we should, maybe we should Twitter poll that too. <laughs> <laughs> if Tesla and Apple merge, what should their stock? What what should the company be called? I can I actually do uh, I can do four options, so maybe I'll throw those both in there. <laughs> uh, I'll think about it. <laughs> Apple and Tesla. No, okay, that's all. <laughs> that's all right. a tongue twister. Okay, yeah. all right, random. Let's get a random here. TTD, Trade Desk, that's a stock. All right, that's a real one. Software, large cap growth. I remember these guys. Yeah, they've had a fucking hell of a year, too. 
<laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Seem to be on the downward slope. Well, so they're going to turn around. They're going to make about 20% to break even. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. If they get like a 40% run, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, never say never. <laughs> oh, folks, we're so glad you stuck around to the end of the show. We love you so much, and uh, we're glad you made it here with us. It's been a jam packed day, lots of fun stuff. I just want to take a moment to remind you that if you like our show, please let us know by rating and subscribing on your platform of choice. If you like our show and you hate social media, that's okay too. You can just tell all your friends. And if you have no friends and hate social media, then you're shit out of luck. I don't know what, how you even found this podcast. Yeah. What are you doing here? We don't want you. You've got nothing. <laughs> got nothing for us. <laughs> yeah, you got nothing to offer us. Uh, we're here for you. Uh, we're here for you. We are your friends here in the shop. I was actually thinking we should do uh, some pleas to, to people to tell their friends, but we should do it in different styles. Okay. Like, uh, uh, ask the listeners to tell their friends in the style of a spoiled 16-year-old not getting the sweet 16 party she wanted. Oh! I swear to God, if you listeners don't start telling all your friends, I'm not coming out of my room and I'm not eating for like a day, maybe two. <laughs> all right, your turn. Give me one. Like, like, uh, so, okay, like somebody who's trying to get, really, really has to pee and they're trying to get into the bathroom, but somebody else in there is uh, just taking their time. Uh, oh, okay. God damn it. Hurry up, man. I got to go, man. Tell, my, tell your fucking friends already, please. Jesus Christ. Every fucking time. Why is there only one goddamn bathroom in this place? Do you have more than one friend in there? Come on. Jesus, tell them already. <laughs> all right. All right, Dad. Oh. Uh, 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 plead for it like an orphan asking for more porridge. Please, listeners. Could you please tell your friends about the show? I'm ever so hungry for attention. As you can see, I've run out in my bowl and I need it refilled. <laughs> I'd be, I'd love you for so long. It's all I need, really. Please, sir, please, tell your friends. <sighs> all right. Oh, that's a own bit. Okay, <laughs> folks. <laughs> you, so, so glad you made it through that not nonsense as well. We love you. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Stay tuned. We, we're dropping that Nicholas Proughton bonus episode this Wednesday, and we'll catch you all again on next... Uh, I don't know. Next week? Sure. We'll, catch you, we'll catch you all next week. Or Wednesday, or whenever and, and it in, drops out. Or whenever. <laughs> and it, until then, happy trades. Are, are we really leaving all that crap in there? Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.